If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this episode of Mind Pump. Ooh. So with this episode, we talked about uh, aesthetics, like what makes people look aesthetic. What, what does that even mean? Is there a norm across cultures? Hmm. Uh, we the science about, of aesthetics. We talked about our program, Maps Aesthetic. You can't aesthetic, change your face. And why we designed Maps Aesthetic. Of course, in the beginning, uh, for the first maybe, I don't know, 15 minutes, we did our our fun talk. I think we were talking about memes. We were talking about memes and meme wars. That was a good conversation. Yeah. But then we get into aesthetics, and then we talk about Maps Aesthetic, which is our program that is 50% off uh, this month. It is a bodybuilder, physique competitor, and bikini competitor-inspired program. It has an option where you can individualize the program for your specific body, target particular body parts to develop even more, sculpt your body like a sculptor. Uh, it is on sale. Three days left. You got to go to mapsblack.com. Use the code BLACK50, B-L-A-C-K-50, the number 50, uh, no space, for half off. And that's it. Here we go. Somebody got gave me a cold, Justin. Why? Somebody Ooh, who would do such a in thing? In this room gave me Here's the, the thing. gift okay. of, that keeps on giving. What? It's. I mean, we're swapping these days, Mike's. You yeah. have to take that into account. But dude, my wife isn't sick. What does that mean? I don't know. Are we more connected? Maybe. That's Why weird. isn't your wife sick? That's weird. Yeah, exactly. She's a nurse, though. So you're trying to pin this on me. She's she has a, all the secrets. She's a, well, I mean, she probably has a strong-ass immune system, right? Of course. Yeah. work in the hospital. Yeah, you know? You got, but anyway. You got a weakness. It's I, don't a know, we- I, don't, I don't know how much I subscribe to that because I I think I was sicker in my career at, at, when I worked in the gyms than I ever was, right? You'd think it would you build up like it's an It's one factor. I don't think it's all of them, right? Yeah, no. I just think Because I think you eat better now. I think it's yeah. It's uh, when you yeah, get, get worn more down right now. Yeah, when you leave yourself susceptible, yeah. you know, to like you know, like I, I haven't been getting much rest, and it was just like mm-hmm. boom, hit me. Also, think of the lifestyle. This is a good. This is a good point though, Adam, because think of the lifestyle that we had when we were managing gyms. Yeah, it was carefree. Like, we were no yeah. <laughs> all day. No, no. <laughs> Compared just, to now, we were in there like strippers and cocaine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, remember those days? No, I, I don't. It, it's <laughs> shooting guns. We, we and partying. Were, we were in there at eight a.m. We yeah, were there yeah. till ten p.m. In throughout the entire day, we were hopped up on stimulants and artificial sweeteners. <laughs> The food taking that we, bars and shakes in, uh, no sunlight, yeah. like you're saying. Like, oh, yeah. I terrible. trained hard though. <laughs> hella hard. Yeah, I trained. I trained yeah. hella hard though. On a hella crazy supplements. It was a good time. That's why too. I wonder, I'm surprised I'm alive. I had an iron gut back then. The yeah. only reason why mind pump doesn't doesn't seep through all the way through the to the 15 to 25 demographic is because they just don't know no. yet. They'll be <laughs> just they're, they're going to be mind pump listeners. They will be. It's like, yeah. I, I, I don't I don't fret it right now. Like when yeah. we look at it, like at the marketing team, and they're like, you put know, some wear on your tires. You've really got the 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 thirty to forty down really well. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely our wheelhouse. And I said that's just because these motherfuckers that are yeah. twenty right it's now because they, they actually listen. Because I yeah. remember being. That I don't kid. know, man. I get a lot of messages from twenty something year olds, and you know, Enzo found us. He's a little kid. He's no, only seventeen. Well, the, of course, there's a there's but he's special. There's still a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of listeners. He's I know ahead that, of his time. And the ones, but how smart are most of those ones? Let's, yeah. let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So, it, little shout out to you listening. If you're under 25 right now, you're and are, you're listening. Yeah, you're you're hip hop. Look, look in the mirror. Yeah, you're a smart person. You are a special individual. You are. Tell yourself yeah. that yeah. today. You yeah. should. But uh, you get a you get a virtual back rub. But from yeah, us. it's because we're like, hey, gut health. Hey, sleep more. Hey, and they're like, 
Fat loss, muscle building. What, that's all I want to hear. I don't right. worry yeah. about that other yeah. stuff. Perform it. Let's go. Yeah. It's all boring. Right. I yeah. expect that. If you're 30 something and you're listening, I expect you to listen. Okay. Yeah. I expect, yeah. I expect you to listen. But if yeah. you're 25 yeah, or You're young, suffering. Yeah. We know yeah. that yeah. you're suffering. Here's a good question for yeah. you guys. Would you have listened to this show when you were 20? I would have. Because you because just because mm. science and health and fitness is is our field and That's like I'm true. interested. I in might it. have been hooked because the, the banter and all that. Yeah, that might have got me in. You would have fast forwarded me, and I would have <laughs> definitely been. I I would have hated you, Sal. I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but you'd have won me over. You'd have won me over. Yeah. That's literally what happened. There's that so, note. only because uh, I co-signed for him. That's why. Yeah, Because yeah, you'd be like, I fucking really God, like Adam. So cool. He and yeah, like, Sal's yeah. such a douchebag. But he, ah. he, like, if you fucking friends with Adam, he must be cool. Yeah. <laughs> fast forward to the funny part. I didn't say all that. I didn't say all that. I didn't say all that, Adam. My God. You have to fast forward a lot. Yeah, you do. But anyway, so Taylor the other day texts me. You know, he did a post a little while ago of Justin, a picture of him, and he sends me over sometimes. So like, handsome, by the way. He sends me over <laughs> Thanks. Uh, uh, options for captions, and I, I, I took the. I, I'm, I was. I feel like sometimes I'm. I'm constantly poking at Justin all the time. That's not fair. That he's always. Hey, it's uh, fine. Getting picked on. So bring we, it. I think we. He did like a really like. Uh, you know. What did he say? He said something very handsome about you. What did he say? Oh, wow. did you, you know those words come from something Taylor? condescending? No, no. It says no. Fa- <laughs> it says fan favorite. What can I say? That yeah. that photo where he's like, it's a oh, great yeah. picture. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it, originally the caption was supposed to be, "It ain't easy being cheesy." Yeah. So it's like, oh, we we've been giving Justin a lot of shit for the cheese for a so while. So you're just yeah, gonna say it all... on the podcast to forty thousand. <laughs> this people. is like gonna be on my tombstone. It's like you know, cheesy fart. You know, painted toilet. Uh, whatever else, fat fuck. Well, you know, I had that's to. Like going to be my tombstone. I had to say it because I, I Taylor again. Like I said, he he asked me the, the caption. I thought, oh, they're both great captions, and so he went with the other one, fan favorite. The irony is that this is how well the audience knows uh, all of us and Justin and, and the voice of the brand. That a bunch of people comment, literally put the other caption. I thought that was really funny. Yeah, they, they, a lot of people have already put yeah. that. Like it ain't easy being cheesy. Bro, I get. Oh, I love it, dude. Bro, what did he? What did he do the other day? He put a picture of me. I was making a face, and he said, "Make a meme out of this." <laughs> yeah, I got like eighty-five people who are making their own memes with my face. Yes, which is, I mean, kind of great. So it's amazing. I love that Taylor did that because I love to. Uh, of course, we all enjoy poking at each other, and I like to see if I if my caption wins. You know, like just and Justin yeah. had a good one too. I think we, you and I were neck yeah, and neck. Yeah, we were trying. I know. But we still, it was tough because, yeah. But we still got passed up by the, I think, two or three other people that mm-hmm. had some great- No, they had some good singers Speaking of memes, you know, memes are becoming a, a force online. They are politicians and everybody's starting to pay attention to the meme game because it's like, Justin made a good point about this. It's like a political cartoon of today. Yeah. It's literally like one of the easiest and fastest way to communicate an idea mm-hmm. and they go viral- and it's becoming something that everybody's paying attention I think to. That's what I love about them. I mean, it's just like it's right to the point, and it's it, it's great because you could see who does it best, right? Which political side like has the best memes, and it, it's interesting to watch, you know, and how pissed off people get when it like kind of stings. You Dude, know? it's it's brilliant. Those and are my favorite to post. Yeah. The, the ones that sting. <laughs> I, I just I do the ones that are a little. I think I think it's great too because I mean that's definitely a page out of Sal's book. Sal was the 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 meme guy first, right? I think you yeah. I think you hacked it. Do you remember what you called them when we first started Mind Pump? <laughs> what did I call it? Mimi. Mimi's <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah, I do remember that. It was like yeah. episode three. Did I do that on yeah. the episode? Uh, you literally uh, said, yeah. Oh, I did. Well, is, it, is that a Mimi? Yeah. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> yeah. Oh. 
Oh, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. But no, but they communicate ideas very effectively and quickly and they spread so fast mm-hmm. to the point where there's memes now that are like fourth and fifth and sixth generation memes mm-hmm. based on original memes that happened years ago. So the only way you can know what they mean is if you have Follow been the other ones. this whole time. Yeah. It's really crazy. I love it. It's like checks and balances to me. It's like, uh, you know, having that out there and, and being able to point out absurdities in trains of thoughts, you know, even if it's like really an extreme version of, of you know, where that train of thought could lead, it needs to fucking challenge people. And they need, they need to check them in their spot. Like, look, you're, <laughs> look, look at what you're portraying right well, now. Well, think about it this way. In the past, if you were to make a cartoon or something that you would want you would want to spread you get paid for it. It was like a, it was actually a lot of people did this for a living. Like you'd make money making political cartoons or commentaries or things that I guess we could loosely connect to what modern memes are. Today, it's not like that. Nobody gets paid. Nobody yeah. makes money off a meme. Ha- most of them, we don't even know who did the first one. Like, yeah. like, the, right. like the popular ones with like stoner guy meme or the uh, uh-huh. Karate Kyle, which is an old one I used to love. Oh, yeah. Nobody knows who started that. Nobody's making money, but people still create them and spread them just because they want to either get a laugh or spread an idea or whatever. It's kind of cool. Well, it's another form of communication. It. It's another form of communication. Like you think of like emojis and stuff. I thought the analogy that Justin said is great. You know, you're right. Like the first thing that comes to mind after, well, not first thing that comes to mind, it's after you said that is the political cartoons. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's totally what that is. You know, mm-hmm. they're typically satire, right? They're, they're intelligently thought out, but then poking at some, some ideology. Like, I think that's really, yep. really, really clever. I, I mean, I love them, dude. I'm, my sister sends me most, most of the ones I post are she's on all the forums and things like that. And she sends over like every morning, like four or five. And I'm just like rolling. I'm like, Oh, oh half God. of them you can't even and share. And she, I love because she, because it's my sister, right. And we're, we're seriously cut from the same cloth and she's definitely like me personality wise. <laughs> and so she gets my, my humor and sarcasm. So the ones she sends over are like, so on point. Oh dude, me. me and my son share, share memes with each other all the time. I'm we're, we're a couple years away from going dark. <laughs> I know it. I can tell, I can tell he's feeling me out. You know what I mean? And That's I'm a real him, special bond. Yeah. And I'm, Oh, oh, are you kidding me? Yeah. I can't wait until the day where I feel it's all comfortable and, and I can just go, me and my son can just go super inappropriate joke yeah. with each other. Yeah. I That's going to be like you. when the bond is just going to be sealed. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yep. It's, uh, it's, I'm a few years out from it's that. It's fun. Yeah, now, are there any flags right now that you see that you're going to have to pull in the reins because uh, he's so much like you. Like, are there are there things that you're seeing right I've now? I've had discussions like, with him. Well, yeah. I've sat down with him and I've told him little you know, cautions out there. Yeah, yeah. I said to him because he he's growing up in a completely different time. I can only imagine if uh if everything that I did and said and commented on was recorded electronically forever. Right. Can, can you share what happened to him the other day? No, no, oh, you don't no, no, share no, no. I don't want to go. I, oh. I, yeah, I don't want. I'm not at liberty oh, to be no, able to do that. Bad. But I do. You know, the conversations I do have with them is, you know, everything you do electronically is there forever. And at some point, if somebody wants to take it out of context and use it against you, mm-hmm. they can. And it sucks that you have to say that, but it's just the reality. You know what I mean? And I think a lot of times we. One of the problems that or, or challenges that people have is they they want to fight reality so bad that they pretend like whatever. Because I could easily say, well, that's stupid that they would use something that the kids would say out of context, you know, ten years later. Mm. Oh, yeah, it is stupid, but guess what? It's reality. Mm-hmm. So I, that's the conversations I have with them, and I'm and with my daughter. And you know, as my daughter gets older, I'm gonna have the same conversations. Yeah. The conversations I'm gonna have with him soon. He's still young, right? He's only thirteen, but pretty soon I'm gonna tell him, look, buddy. 
you know, you're going to have, you have a, uh, what's it called when you, uh, FaceTime somebody and maybe you're with your girlfriend or whatever, anything she sends you is recorded. Anything you send her is recorded. And at some point, just keep that in mind. See, now my Because brain, I know what I would have done with FaceTime. Yeah. Let me tell you. My brain goes in a direction where it's like, uh, I have optimism in terms of, you know, yes, that's all scary. Like everything you write, everything you say, like all this kind of stuff now, like you can trace back and like you, they, they catalog it. Like it's all that is accessible. And so you're seeing this get used against anybody now, like anybody running for political party, anybody running for, you know, something where they want to dig dirt and throw you under the bus and, and create something out of it. Right. Uh, to where maybe in the future, there's some way to really analyze intent you know, in, in com context in what? the, like some, we need some company to really innovate that. Well, do you guys remember the movie, the Incredibles? Yeah. yeah. Remember the bad guy who he was going to give everybody special power. We're talking about like the that. first one. Yeah. And he said, when everybody's special, nobody's special. Yep. Right. I think it, it probably will get to the point where we'll be, anybody will be able to get dirt on anybody. That's so nobody's going to, nobody's going to. Exactly. Well, this is also why, you know, and I know, People hate on this when we get political on this podcast, but this is the this this is a strength of Trump's. I mean his 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 ability to just say what's on his mind and do things and then own it. Just he's a living meme. He is. Yeah, I believe that it's the beginning of what we're going to see because in the future, all like you're saying, all this dirt is going to be able to get dug up on everybody, and it's no longer about you know who has dirt or not. It's about who's willing to own it. Yeah. Who's willing to say, fuck yeah, I said some dumb shit like that five yeah. years ago. Yeah. Fuck yeah, I did that stupid shit when I was 17 years old. Like, but I've changed. Yeah. I, yeah you there, know what? I also grew from that. I learned. I learned from that. And now that, you know what I'm saying? Like, versus trying to deny and avoid and hide. Or apologize. Many times there's apologies when right. I, I don't think they're necessarily they're not necessary. necessary. Hey, I'm 17 years old. I was stupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was seven. I mean, come on. How many of you? And, and I think most people can relate with that. If you're you know, a president or you're somebody that's, you know, in your fifties and you're talking about shit that happened in your twenties, I think you can relate to a lot of people by saying, Hey, yeah, I was a lot dumber <laughs> back then. And I made a lot of mistakes. And time, and I've, and, I've learned a lot. And times yeah. do change. I, I remember being in school and in, in junior high and this was a thing by the way. And now I think about it and it sounds terrible, but this was a thing where girls and guys would fuck with each other and, and girls would cup check guys. Okay. They'd hit you and you'd, uh, and dudes would snap girls' bras. This was like a thing that everybody did. <laughs> I, totally, I forgot about that. But this is totally like yeah. if if you saw that now at a con, whatever. It's, oh my god, it's bad. It's terrible. Oh, yeah. And and I get why, but I also you have to also understand context and the fact that you know I don't know. I'm, I'm not necessarily excusing it. I'm just saying that this a lot. This is kind of how things have been for a long time. Doesn't necessarily mean that you can use it in. Okay, you're 35 today. Now we have a video of you you know, cup checking a boy when you were, you know, 17 years old or 16 years old. That means you were, well, not necessarily. Like everybody was kind of doing those things. There's this one website. What's that uh, What's that place around here that does the outdoor concerts, the really big? Shoreline? Yeah. Yes. There was a, a website or something on Instagram where people are posting videos of their friends getting smashed and puking and acting crazy. And I can't remember the title. of It, it was actually a name of the site. And it's like this like you go there and you see pictures and I see this and I go, man, it looks terrible to me as a parent looking at this, like, oh my God, look at these kids and what they're doing. But then I remember how the shit that we did as kids, it just never got caught on camera. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, cause do I remember times if I really think about it, when I saw 17 year old friends, 16 year old friends 
getting ridiculously smashed and acting completely like morons or idiots or doing terrible things. Absolutely, just never got recorded. Yeah, you know what I mean. So anyway, little little ranty there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we tried so hard not to get. Political. It went there. Yeah, it just it happened. You know what though? Um, we we wanted to talk about because um, this is the month that we're doing the fifty percent off maps aesthetic, and I believe there's only three days left for the half off when this drops. Um, and I think we should talk about just for people who are curious about the program. I love talking about this who program. it's for, right. you know, why it was designed, what the process was all about. Yep. Um, just so people have a better idea. The origin. Yeah, this is the third program that we created uh, that we dropped. The, the the second, I think, is the second one we created together. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the third maps program that we released. And if you look at our maps programs, we we kind of did them in a, in a particular order. Maps aesthetic is the like the we knew this would be the popular one because it's all about aesthetics. It's all about sculpting and shaping. It's where your usually body. people jump first. That's right. Right That's online, right. and you see a lot because it it does it has a lot of the uh, you know the sexy factor to it. Like I do want to change my body. I want to I want to improve the way I look. I want you know real defined muscles. I want to you know be challenged and go through a really intense type of a workout and add all this volume. But you know we just we made sure that you went through the process to get to this point and yes it, it is a pretty challenging uh workout program we designed it it's, is it's really near and dear to me too because this this is a great representation of my personal journey with maps so i was introduced to maps almost four and a half years ago or so when sal first sent it over and i was in, incredibly impressed with the programming and how it was laid out and I remember when I first started following that and the, 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 the game changer it was for me because before that I was, you know, very much so the guy who kind of uh, did the muscle confusion where I was constantly changing my root, my routine up every single workout. I had never really block phased my programming like that. I had never put so much energy and focus on my compound lifts to where the, the amount of frequency uh, that he was doing as far as uh, squatting and deadlifting and overhead press had never built that into my routine. And so I remember being blown away by the first program, MAPS Anabolic. And then I remember after that, I'm in the middle of getting ready and prepping for my first show. And MAPS Aesthetic really represents the uh, the kind of the formula that I, that I was following from MAPS Anabolic kind of combined with a little bit higher volume training of what I needed for competing and getting on stage. And so this program was really near and dear to me because I remember when we would talk about MAPS Anabolic and even MAPS performance on the show, but I was already kind of doing a different program because <laughs> I was competing. And this really represents and you, and, and you also had a lot of experience. You had a good recovery ability. You were able to handle a lot of volume because MAPS aesthetic is that it is a hard workout. It's it's there's a lot of volume in it, a lot of training. It's definitely something you you, you need to be able to have a decent amount of recovery ability and some experience to do um, because you are in the gym doing a lot of exercises and, and a lot of things. But the, the the real special part of MAPS aesthetic that I really enjoyed, when, especially when we created it, was. We included an element in MAPS Aesthetic that uh, allowed someone to, based purely on appearance, okay, based purely on the fact that you look in the mirror and you say to yourself, okay, I need to develop this part of my body more. I need to work on this area of my body. Knowing that about yourself and then injecting it into your own version of MAPS Aesthetic through what we call focus sessions. 
And that's the focus session aspect of it because MAPS Aesthetic loosely is broken up into three full-body workouts, and of course it goes through phases. But then in between those full-body workouts, you're working on specific body parts in a particular way that you yourself want to work on. So what does that mean? Well, if you're a female bikini competitor and and you want to develop more back and more hamstrings, well, that's going to be your focus sessions. If you're a male competitor and you and you need more triceps and and rear deltoids, that's what we're going to focus on. If you're not a competitor but you got a lot of experience and you've got weak parts of your body, let's say you you're like, man, my chest always kind of lags behind, and it, you know I have these overpowering shoulders. I want to balance my body out. Well, then you you put the chest in these focus sessions, and it allows you to sculpt and shape your body. And the term we always use is like a sculptor. Mm-hmm. Which is exactly the approach that I had going into shows. I would go into a show. And what even, were the body parts you started with and then eventually? Because you did that, right? You had weaker body parts that eventually became strengths and then you... So legs and shoulders were my f- very first two that I ever did. So the very first two muscle groups. And that was actually before I even got on stage the first time. And legs just for my personal... that Because obviously as a men's physique athlete, uh, you wear board shorts. So I, I wasn't necessary that I had legs. That was my personal. I personally wanted to keep growing and developing my legs. And I'd already seen great response from following like the MAPS Red type of protocol. So I was excited about watching the gains come on fast and I wanted to continue that on. So the very first time I went through, it was uh, legs and shoulders. Then when I went to my first show, uh, one of the critiques that I had was like back thickness and then my deltoids. So, and actually specifically my rear delts. So then my second go around on maps aesthetic was my rear delts and then my back and that was and you you've talked about that on the show before about the when my back really blew there's up. a before and after picture buried somewhere in your in your instagram yeah. you got to pull back up because that's a yeah dramatic difference looks like you added it came like three-dimensional yeah looks like you added 10 pounds yeah to it back. was it was a really it was also too i was i mean i was very vocal about this when i was going through it about uh, because I fell, I fell into this too. Like I, I, deadlifting wasn't a staple movement like it should have been in my programming. It was something I did uh, intermittently here and there, but I never really programmed it in and was consistent with it. And not that I fell into the category of what some of these athletes fall into, thinking that it would widen my waist. I never thought of that, but I just. I just neglected the 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 uh, exercise. It wasn't something that was a staple in my routine, and you know, I started to see just like my legs. I started to see the gains come on big as soon as I started really focusing. On it. And obviously, deadlifting is a, a a major foundational movement that is in all of our programs. And when I started to really put emphasis on my back from Maps Aesthetic, it was a game changer for me. And it, and I I think it was what won me a lot of shows. So. I was never a good poser. I was never. I had horrible stage presence, in in, in my opinion. Um, but when I turned around my back, because of my and th- there's genetics that play a major role in this too. I have a very very narrow waist. I'm built like a swimmer, so I already have a, a kind of naturally wide back. So when I built it and really built the thickness of of my back and put energy on that, which was a testament to the Maps Aesthetic programming. To me, that was what one mm-hmm. shows for me. I would turn around. If I could hang with you with my chest and shoulders and arms, which in abs, which I thought I had a pretty decent front shot, um, when I turned around, there was, there, in my opinion, there wasn't a lot of men's physique guys in the F category, which is the tall category, 
that had a back as thick and as wide with as narrow of a waist as I it did. It just requires a lot of uh, it requires volume, frequency, and then the right exercises. And I think a lot of people neglect uh, you know those those big heavy compound movements. But then also yeah. frequency. You know, there's still that whole hit a body part once a week type of thing. And I mean, here's the thing with uh, with with you know the MAPS programs. Um, we understand how to utilize frequency in a way that maximizes the way your body adapts. And a lot of programs neglect to understand that factor. They just mm-hmm. they, they they focus so much more on the intensity that they neglect the fact that there's volume and frequency play just as big a role mm-hmm. in how your body oh, develops. Bigger role. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean that 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 was again one of the things that I think we dispelled with the way that we've programmed all of these programs is the energy and focus has always been put around I th- uh, what we all agree as one of the most overlooked things, which is frequency. I mean, uh, frequency was just not talked about that much. I mean, intensity is what we see. We constantly are bombarded with the no days off and the balls out and the you know, like getting crushed, you know, people are showing, you know, memes and pictures of laying on the floor after a leg day. And so, you know, you got to think that a lot of people that look at all these Instagram models and people and Instagram trainers that are putting out information about programming or exercise, a lot of the stuff that they promote is the, the intensity of it, which I think sends the wrong message to a lot of people when it comes to training. Yeah. Right. And that's something I, I was, correct me if I'm wrong, but most programs I found online that are re, even like really trying to address like aesthetics and, and, you know, even getting ready for a competition, it's about like building this mass. It's about building as much muscle as possible and like it, it, through intensity and through these different means uh, and then conditioning the fuck out of you at the same time. And then especially towards the end is like just really emphasizing, uh, you know, cardio and, and extreme, you know, hit sessions and, and, and such to try and condition you like sort of as, as a last second approach. Right. Yeah, no, the body, the body will adapt if the right signals are sent to it and it's not, you don't have to force it. it yes, workouts are going to be hard, especially if you're advanced, just because your body's not going to progress past where it is unless it has a reason to. So if where you're at is very advanced, then workouts need to be at a certain level of intensity and volume and frequency to get your body to continue to progress. But but the point, the real point is, if you send the right signal, which is different from person to person, but if you send the right signal and you send it frequently enough, you and you take advantage of how bo- the body actually adapts, your body will change. It just does. It just will build... And I remember we first put this program out, and the the, the first people to, to latch onto it, of course, were the uh, the physique competitors, the bodybuilders, and the bikini, bikini competitors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I loved uh, one thing I love about releasing a program the first time because uh, now we've had Maps Aesthetic out now for a few years. But I remember when we released it for the first time, uh, it, it, just like all the other programs, w- the messages start to come about three to four months later because mm-hmm. the first people will enroll. Then they'll follow the program, and it's usually about two or three months into it, I'll start to get the DMs like, "Dude, I've, I've never, my body's never progressed this way before. I've been working out for five years, and yeah. I've never felt like like this before." And you know, I've had uh, there were bikini competitors like, you know what? Like, but they were sending me before and afters. Here's how I competed last year. This is how I look this year using Maps Aesthetic. So it's really really cool. The other thing too is is diving into what makes somebody aesthetic in the first place. Mm-hmm. Now, we know what the criteria is for the stage presentation sports, uh, like bodybuilding, physique, or, or bikini, and what they're looking for. But even that criteria is based on something much more 
fundamental. And, and, and there, is a, there is a general consensus across almost all cultures of what is considered aesthetic. Symmetry. Symmetry is one of them, a big one. Do does your body match its right and left side? It does Hip, your hips to waist ratio, right? Yeah, there's a, there's a there's a top to bottom proportion, right? Like if somebody could have really big, crazy, muscular looking legs that are nice or whatever, and have a really underdeveloped body, it's not going to look aesthetic, or vice versa. Then like what Justin just said, hip to waist ratio, especially in women, there's a number that is considered uh, it's considered aesthetic or appealing across most cultures. Now the sizes change. Mm-hmm. So like in some cultures, uh, you know, they, the what's considered ideal for aesthetics for women, maybe 15 pounds heavier than what it may be considered in another country. But when you break it down, it's the ratio is the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then for men, it's the hip to shoulder weight ratio. A man with uh, relatively narrow, you know, hips and wide shoulders appears to be aesthetic. And if we dig a little bit deeper, you know, and then you know, clear skin is another one. Nice teeth is another one, and all that stuff. And if you dig a little bit deeper, it's like, well, why do why why is there this universal understanding of or of what aesthetics mean? Why is it? Why are there certain things that cross all cultures? And really, it boils down to it, it, if you if you have aesthetics, you know, uh, natural aesthetics, I should say, it means you're fertile. It means you could procreate. It probably means you can produce. Like if you look at men, like why are narrow hips and a wide shoulder shoulders considered uh, aesthetic? It usually signifies high testosterone and narrow hips means you probably run better. Mm -hmm. Really, really wide hips means you can't run as well and hunt as well and that kind of stuff. And so when people train with weights, uh, and the thing I love about weights more than anything else is weights gives you way more control over how you sculpt your body than anything else. Like you, you do other forms of exercise and your body will definitely, you know, change shape or whatever. But with weights, I can literally focus on specific areas and maybe not work at other areas as much to try and achieve this ideal of aesthetics. That's what I love so much about. Well, it. what's great is we, we we've talked about and we've dispelled the myth of you know there's no such thing really as spot reduction. Like we can't look at an area and lose fat, but what we can do is we can spot produce. Right. That's we, right. We can look at a spot in our body and say, I would like more muscle here. And that's what's really cool about strength training and actually and actually programming correctly is you there is you absolutely can look at your body and say hey I, I would like a more defined shoulders or I would like a broader chest or I would like a better butt like and you absolutely can go to the gym put together a serious program that is designed to do that and build that aesthetic physique mm-hmm. that you're looking for. We can't do that with fat. You can't look at your body and say I just want to burn it from yeah here. I just want to burn the I just want to burn fat right here. And go and try and target that. It doesn't work that way. Our body will evenly and genetically, it's different for each person. There's an individual variance. But when it comes to building- You can can really change the shape of your body. And this, Mm -hmm. I really geeked out on this when I got into competing. I remember, I don't know if Justin remembers, because him and I were meeting on a a weekly basis back then. And I remember like I had never- Oh yeah, Yeah, you were geeking out hard. I I had never really taken all the science and knowledge that I had acquired over the, the previous 10 plus years in my career at that time. And really tried to apply it at that at that extreme of a level, like to get on stage and compete at you know the professional level. I never had applied myself like that. And even though, and it's funny because even if you do, even if you understand the science and you do know, you know how it all works, it's a whole nother ball game to actually 
go through and like meticulously follow all this yep. stuff to a T and then to see the results. And mm-hmm. I was just blown away and fascinated by the the physique that I was able to sculpt and build. And I'll be honest, like the to, to reach the level that I was at on a stage, like that's a very challenging thing to, to, to build and then maintain forever for life. Like that's a, you know, these physiques that I think, that's another thing I think a lot of people bullshit uh, and say out there is like they make it these, you know, Instagram celebrities, they they post their pictures, of, you know, right after they get off a stage and they use those photos year round and they and they put on this facade like this is what they look like year round and make people think like it's an obtainable real real thing for the average person. Like, no, that's no, it's not. And if, if someone looks like that year round, they probably have a poor relationship with exercise and diet because they feel so attached to this this image and look. But that doesn't mean that you can't take something and say, hey, I'm going to fucking apply myself. I'm really going to discipline myself nutritionally, discipline myself to follow a program for the next three to six months and dramatically sculpt and change your body so significant that you will be able to look in the mirror and be like, holy shit, I didn't look like that before and now I do because I've applied these things. And so that was really, really cool to go through There's value in in stretching yourself, right? And optimizing, going to, to an extreme kind of version in order to learn, you know, where, where, you know, those thresholds lie and, and just like all that, like data you learn about yourself, all that feedback, uh, you can then apply, you know, towards, uh, just going forward from there. So, um, to be able to kind of pursue something, you know, along aesthetics, um, you know, there's value to that just as much as pursuing something, you know, towards the performance end of things. Yeah. I think, you know, one of the key take, and it's funny cause I, there were definitely times in my training career that I learned some of the lessons that now are applied in, in, in our programs, you know, like the training a weaker body part. And I say weaker in the sense of an area that I want to focus on more frequently. It's funny cause I learned that lesson uh, as a kid, when I look back, when I was younger, you know, I talk about how I was really skinny and I wanted to, you know, build muscle. I was just really, really skinny kid. Well, the part of my body that I was very insecure about were my shoulders because I'm naturally narrow. I don't have these super wide shoulders. And I remember also being skinny. So I had a kind of narrow coat hanger look to my, to my upper body. I was very insecure about it. So what I did was I did shoulder exercises, even though I was doing what I thought was supposed to be good, which was the work one body part a day routine, which was we we now know to be not nearly as effective, I still hit my shoulders three days a week, and I remember my shoulders just just responded so well. And throughout my career, I kept relearning that lesson little by little, and, but it did take me a while to really kind of piece it together. And so that's you know that's one of the takeaways here. If you're if you have a weak body part. Now, here's what you do, by the way. When you're training something that frequently, three days a week or four days a Gotta week. Got to modify the intensity. You have to because like with MAPS Aesthetic, if you include the focus sessions, let's say your weak body part is your, your let's say you, your chest is your weak body part um, and you put that in your focus sessions. What that really means is you're going to be, with MAPS Aesthetic, you're going to be working your chest five days a week because on the main workout days, the hard workout days, which are Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, you are hitting chest and you are hitting chest hard and you're hitting it with some volume. The focus session days, which are going to be the days in between, are going to be your chest also. So theoretically, you could work your chest up to five days a week. Now, that works great and excellent at bringing up a weak body part if you understand how to manipulate your intensity 
and utilize the right exercises for those workouts. So what do I mean by that? Well, if I if I were to look at the chest and, and list the exercises that send the loudest signal but also cause the most damage, well, bench press and incline barbell press and incline dumbbell press, they're probably going to be up there, right? Those are the big movements that cause the, the, the send the loudest signal, but they also cause the most damage. But there's other chest exercises that can also send a muscle building signal, not cause as much damage, um, and be easier on the body. Those exercises are machine pec deck or cable crossover or flies or you know stuff like that. Well, those are the exercises that I'm going to use on the focus session days. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones I'm going to do on those extra days where I'm throwing in extra frequency and volume. And really what I'm just trying to do is send, still send a signal, just not as loud because I don't have the, the, the liberty of being able to damage the muscle as much because I'm training it five days a week. And this is true for any body part. I, I, with any body part, I could list exercises that are going to send the loudest signal, but also simultaneously probably cause the most damage. And we can go down the list. Now, bodybuilders have known this instinctively for a long time. They'll name some exercises finishers. And, and now the way they program it, I think is way less effective. They'll do it at the end of a workout uh, just to get an extra pump. Still giving you more volume, still has maybe some benefit, way more benefit when you increase the frequency instead and throw it on on extra day. Well, you talk about this on the show all the time about the way the um, the bell curve that the you know the the anabolic quote unquote window or oh, like right. the signal that you get like you know I think that's a good point to talk about and like how how that frequency and why that's better to put it on a different day. Yeah, they've been studying it. Now this is something that's pretty well established now and we can measure the muscle building process relatively reliably it's not 100% but relatively reliably by measuring something called muscle protein synthesis and when it spikes that means that the body is uh, is building it's trying to it's trying to build muscle okay so when we when you do a workout and you do a hard workout what we see in studies pretty reliably is a spike in muscle protein synthesis right after you're done with your workout which is Predictable, and that and that is they. This is the the, the crescendo, right? That's the yes. peak, right? Is right after the workout. It start. It's going up very quickly, right. and it peaks at like twenty four to forty eight hours. Okay, so it actually peaks post work. I thought it actually peaked after, right after the workout, and then the decline. It like ramps up. Then the decline. No, starts. it ramps up, ramps up, ramps up. If you're more advanced, it ramps up faster, but it ends faster. Okay. If you're a beginner, it takes longer and it lasts longer and then drops. So like a beginner. That muscle building, you know, signal or whatever may stay elevated up to two or three days. If someone advanced, it may only last a day. Mm-hmm. So, it's like the more advanced you are, the shorter that period uh, is. And so, what ends up happening? Well, I, I work out on Monday, and we'll stick to chest because I, I brought that up earlier, right? I, I hit my chest on Monday. The muscle building signal goes up quickly, peaks on a Tuesday, then drops very quickly. Well, if I don't hit my chest again till next Monday. And by the way, it doesn't matter if I'm still recovering. Like I can still be sore. Mm-hmm. This is another thing that, that was kind of mind-blowing for me when I first learned about this is that you could still be sore and still be trying to recover. That doesn't mean your body's building because healing and building or healing and overcompensation or, or healing, healing and adaptation. Yeah, to say healing and adapting. Totally different. They can be separate things. Like, you yeah. know, one, one can – they contribute to each other. Like a little bit of damage does help with the adaptation process. Right. But your body stops building after a while even if you're still recovering. And so – it becomes more beneficial, and this is why studies show if you take total volume and do it over three workouts, it's more effective than if you do all that volume in one workout because mm-hmm. that one workout causes more damage, doesn't send that much louder of a signal. The three workouts help pop up that muscle-building signal 
throughout the week. So again, if you're in MAPS aesthetic and you're relatively advanced because it is an advanced workout and you want to focus on your chest, then it makes sense now, as long as you're manipulating intensity and doing the right exercises like we've programmed in the program, to work out your chest up to five and days a week. And it's actually, I mean, it's more beneficial for you to take your muscles through that range of motion and actually like pump in and out, you know, circulate blood. You know, that's actually going to facilitate even more uh, healing, you know, and it's going to it's gonna happen at a, at a, at a better result that's than a great not. Point. So. That's a great point. Huge point. Yeah, it's the active recovery point that a lot of people huge, don't talk about. Huge. A lot of people forget that, like they think, because I remember when I was a kid, when I was younger working out, you guys heard the same thing. You know, damage the muscle, then rest and let it build. Right. And so what we thought was work out real hard, leave that muscle alone. Mm -hmm. Like, no, 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 don't fuck with it. Let it just rest and recover. And so that's what we thought was good. Now we know now that that's, that's actually wrong, completely wrong. In it's fact, just managing your intensity. That's it. And not only that, but look, here's an experiment you can do. Uh, I don't recommend you doing it, but if you don't believe me, you can go ahead and try it out. Work out your legs as hard as you fucking can on Monday, then go home and stay in bed till the next Monday. Let them rest the fuck out of them. Don't even walk. Mm -hmm. I guarantee you'll come back the next Monday weaker with less muscle. Yep. Okay? Then if you actually did more exercises throughout the week, walked and stretched and actually had those muscles doing a little something. Because your body's going to adapt to the lack of activity much more than it will to the activity. And so when you're working these muscles, it actually, not only does it help recovery, but it also continues to push adaptation pushes adaptation because your body needs a good reason to build muscle you know it's just when you're building muscle you're, you're basically telling your body it's going to require yeah, you're promoting that you know this is going to be a frequent thing you, activity you're doing and so we need to get better at this and like overcome these uh forces and stresses and so your body builds as a result that's right well, we also know too that recovery is, is is directly connected to blood flow oxygen and nu nutrients yeah and the more that muscle is getting moved around after you've trained it the more those things are happening, more blood flow, more oxygen, more nutrients gets to it, which is very logical to think that, okay, that makes sense. That, that would promote more muscle being built. Dude, how, how, how many times does this happen to you? You work out your legs real hard. They're sore. Got to drive somewhere far for two hours. They're way more sore when you yeah. get out of the car. Oh, yeah. When you're in a fixed moving. position, yep. oh, it's horrible. Or how about when you are sore and then you, you stretch and move? Within 10 minutes, there's a dramatic reduction in the pain that you end up having mm -hmm. in that muscle. And, and that's probably a, a giving you a hint as, as to the fact that you're, you're accelerating the recovery, helping to facilitate it. So this is why frequency is so important. This is why you see squat everyday programs and people are like, oh my God, my squat went up 50 pounds because mm -hmm. I was squatting you know, every single day. I remember back in the 90s when I used to follow bodybuilding. You know, Dorian Yates was Mr. Olympia, and he was this huge advocate of super intense, super infrequent workouts. And I mean, there are these rare individuals that, that seem to succeed with this Mike Menser style, super ridiculous intense, and then don't do anything else for that muscle for a while type workouts. And Dorian Yates happened to be one of them. Of course, not to mention the guy was on tons yeah. of gear and all that stuff. Yeah. And so what happens- he had ways of recovery. What happens in, in bodybuilding is- the the guy who's Mr. Olympia, everybody starts to follow him and copy him a little bit. So there became this big trend where bodybuilders were messing around with this less frequency, more intensity thing. And I remember one of the main competitors of Dorian Yates was Nasser El Sam somebody who he now he passed away. Just gigantic guy who from the front totally could take out Dorian. It was from the back that he would lose. Dorian had this crazy back. So then Nasser, I'll never forget, he said, I'm gonna start working my back out three days a week. And all the other bodybuilders, no, you can't do that. It's too much, too whatever. He came back the next contest with a dramatically improved back. Duh. He did more frequency. 
And, you know, with MAPS aesthetic, you're going to experience that in your workouts. You're going to hit your body parts pretty frequently throughout the week. It is not the, you know, the, the traditional one body part a week, you know, body part split type of thing. You are going to be hitting may all your muscles at least three days a week. And then the focus ones that you really want to bring up, you're going to be hitting them up to five days a week. So it is that kind of a program. It is, you know, of course, broken up into phases. So you do go through like a, a traditional heavy strength phase and you go tr- through mm. your traditional bodybuilding kind of straight set hypertrophy phase. And then you do get into the, the supersets and the pump and well, all that shit. Well, it gets fun and intense. Well, it's it really, I it, I've, and I've turned on a lot of people for this for a prep. I mean, it's 12 weeks long. And so it's perfect. Yeah, so I think it's perfect for a show prep. If you've done your due diligence leading into that, you have a healthy metabolism, you go into the show. It it totally mimics exactly how I would get ready for a show too as far as my phasing. And as I get down towards the you know last few weeks, I'm doing these pumping type of reps and higher repetitions and supersets, which is what you start to get into in the the final phase of maps because at that point the the major work has been done you've built most of the muscle you've done all the grinding work you've had a calorie surplus and so you've probably built muscle by the time you get to the end of a you know last last four weeks of a show you're in a depleted state there's not a lot of muscle building going on at that point now you're kind of sculpting the body trying to maintain all the hard work that you had done in the previous months leading up to that so it really is a great way to lead into a show and even if you're not a competitor it really was designed for even just the average jane or joe that has specific Mm. body i've never met a client why i would love and this is probably why this is one of our most popular programs is because you know at the end of the day everybody wants to be healthy and this and that but most people have something on uh, look they look at their bodies and say i wish i could improve upon this or i could look a certain way yeah if you're being completely honest with yourself there's whether it be your arms or your shoulders and there's nothing wrong with that i think it's totally okay to to be um subjective like or objective like that and say you know these areas i have bigger shoulders than i have a chest i mean you can clearly see that on some people and it doesn't mean it's bad or unhealthy but if there's a way that you can program your exercises so that you can balance that out why the fuck would you not you know mm-hmm. so i think this appeals to damn near everybody it does yep. the, the, so far from the feedback again we've had this program now for a few years i see a lot of guys uh making back and shoulders their focus and i see a lot of women glutes that's the big one. Glutes of, and hamstrings. Yeah, glutes and hams. Like it's the, which is the most. What, you mean, which what, are the areas? That, yeah, right when I when I was training competitors, I mean, when you looked at the the male body, uh, delts, chest or back tend to be the top three that they need to develop or work on. Uh, when I was training uh, girls, it was typically glutes and hamstrings, mm-hmm. posterior chain stuff. So, um, but yeah, I, I mean, game changers to do that. It was. It was a blast too. I remember going show to show. It just hey, this next three months getting ready. Like these, this is the body parts I'm looking at. And then I would try. I was really diligent about tracking, taking pictures, and then watching. Mm-hmm. I think it's really cool to see it. See it after you apply. It is. It. I remember one of the, one of the, my favorite things that we do as part of our business. Uh, maybe even the, my favorite thing. There's a lot of things that we do that I enjoy. One of my favorite things is writing these programs. I really love. Yeah. When we go, because what we do is we go off. We rent a house somewhere. We go off. We take usually three days, and the goal is to write a program for a particular goal or avatar. Like, who's this person we're designing it for? And so with MAPS Aesthetic, it was really fun because what got me into working out was aesthetics. I like strength. Don't get me wrong. That's my real close second. 
uh, is, is how strong I get. But when I first started working out, it was a change how I looked. And I got into bodybuilding in the 90s and you know, got into that whole thing. So it was really fun to sit there and design a program around sculpting just the most aesthetic body and knowing what that, you know, what, what aesthetics looks like, what, what, what men or what women are going to want. And also including that, that individual factor where they could, you know, uh, modify it themselves. And I mean, and and here's the other thing with our programs, you know, we, we put a lot of, I I think our programs are, are, are written better than anybody else. Um, and so we charge more than a lot of other programs that are out there. We wrote these with based with our experience and, um, that's what makes, promotions like this one so good well it's very malleable too like that was another thing that i mean all the programs are malleable to us and but this one i feel like it has the most abilities to really modify and change based off of the way the focus sessions are and how you get to pick one or two muscles that you want to focus on it's actually probably one of the only programs that you know based off of someone's goal i've actually told to go oh go a second round and now when you do the second round yeah change the focus sessions or build on to the focus sessions because we've started off we always start everybody off with the least amount of work to elicit the most amount of change so i always highly recommend following the programs to a t and then building off of it like just trust the process trust the programming and then as you go through it after the first time then the next time you come around you can start to add volume or add other muscle groups that you want to start to improve upon and so this program i think has a lot of flexibility and room to do that because the focus sessions are shorter much shorter sessions Session, uh, sh- yeah, session. they're usually about 30 minutes Yeah, long. much shorter. Slessingers. And they can eventually build up to be longer longer working sessions as you start to add more muscle yeah. You will there. be in the gym uh, five days a week. Uh, three of those days are going to be long, and two of those days will be uh, much shorter. Uh, you probably do need gym access, although you can do this at home. I did do this at my home uh, in my home gym, uh, but I'm pretty privy to, to modifying you know, uh, free weight exercises. Um, and that's it. I mean, I mean, as long as you have, as long as you have dumbbells, a barbell, and a ca- we have a free, rack, yeah, yeah, a cable machine, right? So we have a cable machine oh, to do a cable a, machine. Yeah, you can do that. I mean, yeah, bands. you could get away with bands, but yeah. it, ideally, you have uh, cables, just because. Yeah, we're trying to really, um, you, you know, take these muscles groups through, uh, like like in a gym setting. I would use cables as opposed to bands, and that would give me a different stimulus. That's right, and we wanted to make it, you know, a four. We we're, we're going through, and we've done this now with two of our other programs we wanted to do it with maps aesthetic so that it's it's affordable for anybody to start so it's half off half well, off all month well, all not month. only that too it's, i mean all the programs i mean if you don't know by now is there's a 30-day money back guarantee on everything i mean that's one of the things we've always agreed upon is we stand by what we've put out there and if it's i don't care if it's full price or half off like it's that's how how we roll because we know that if you go through it, uh, I mean, the percentage of people that have ever returned the programs, it's never because they didn't get results. It's normally because of something else has happened in their lives. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you can always count on that. That's right. So, uh, mapsblack.com, that's where you got to go to get the 50% off. And then use the code BLACK50, B L A C K. And the number 50, again, that the website, mapsblack.com. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. 
nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.